2: So we're going to grade some Golden Knights, but, well, hell, we can give a grade to this. So the Julio Jones quote this morning, he was on Undisputed with uh, Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp, and he said, I'm out of there, man, in reference to Atlanta. Shannon Sharp just called him on the phone, and I, we, we don't know that if Julio Jones knows that he was on the air when he said that. Like he might have thought he was just talking to Shannon Sharp. So, okay, do you wanna give a grade to Shannon Sharp talk just calling Julio Jones while they're on the air?
3: Oh, that's a tough one because it made for such great TV.
2: I mean, I'm grading
3: both sides here, but I'm gonna grade I'm gonna grade it in F minus fail. F minus. Fail. And I'm doing that with the assumption that he didn't tell the guy who was live. I think that's kind of weak. I don't. It is? I, I, that's weak. I don't care if he's your buddy, or whatever. You put him on national TV, and then specifically, here's the other thing: you specifically ask him about the Cowboys. And maybe that's because Bayless is on the show. I don't know, but like you came up with that because what he's wanted to play for the Cowboys. I, I don't know. There was just, some. It's weak. It's Julio weak. Jones is wearing a Cowboys shirt.
2: Okay, is why whatever. he asked about the Cowboys. So,
3: I think it's totally weak. If, if that's what if we're getting this from Twitter and what we're seeing, but the assumption is that everyone's seen is that he did not tell the guy he was live. Right. That's weak. Yeah, it, is. it just is. I'm sorry. You don't do that to
2: people. Yeah, that's it's it's that's brutal. True. Like, and it's, it's, if that's wrong, if you're an athlete, you would never yeah. answer the phone from Shannon Sharp well, again. Yeah. <laughs> like,
3: if if it's someone who should know it, it's him. Yeah. I mean, shouldn't he be the ones like, yeah, I could see Bayless. Hey, let's do this. Like, no, we don't do this. We're not doing that stuff. But he's the one who called.
2: So under the premise of Julio Jones did not know he was on the air and they just surprised called him F minus. Yeah. F minus. All right. Here's the worst. Yeah, it is. It is. Although I know we had that one. Although I will say, (laughs) how old is Julio Jones? 32. He's about the same age as me. I don't answer my phone. Oh, you don't? No. I like, just text you. Yeah. Like I don't I don't answer my phone. Like there's there's probably a list of less than ten people that I will answer the phone no matter what if they call me. <laughs> you are such a weird dude. You don't answer? No. Not unless Really? Like, not unless like A I'm expecting a call or mom, B Mom,
3: Dad, girlfriend. I'm trying to figure the ten people maybe you'd not answer. Even to.
2: Mom, but, yeah. Okay, mom, dad, girlfriend. Do you have siblings? Do you have siblings? I do have siblings. I don't know if they'd make the list. Jesus. It's less than 10. I don't know. I don't have the list. It might be three. It, you might have Jared? nailed it there. Joe, oh, God, no. Depends on the time yeah, of day. Yeah. If it's like 3 a.m., probably, because <laughs> Jared might be about to die. If it's like <laughs> 2 in the afternoon, nah, he's fine. Wow. We'll figure it out later. No. Yeah, that's wow. about it. Probably girlfriend's parents are on there, too. I'm not going to say it's completely crazy,
3: because my life is such texting, I don't talk to a lot of people. Right. Like I, I, don't, like, I literally don't talk on the phone, but I text thousands of times so today.
2: i'll just throw a little cynicism in there does julio jones pick up the phone every time shannon sharp's name pops up now i don't know if he does i think before he probably did i don't know if he does now yeah i just i i don't know i would I, assume before this I'm just saying I people don't answer the phones i don't answer the phones i if shannon sharp popped up on mine i probably wouldn't answer it we one of the like greatest
0: inventions of the last 200 years is the ability to carry a voice from one place to another. I know. And we don't do and it we anymore. We don't like, want it. Could we go back to the telegraph?
3: Yep. Do, just to be interested, would you pick it up if your caller ID said Marcus Arroyo? 100%. You'd have to pick yes. that up. Yeah,
0: you'd yes. have to see. Would you call him coach? No. Would no, not do that. no
2: chance. No chance. Oh, yes. If, if no. Marcus, so yeah, if you want, if you can somehow, um, Spam my phone and make it say Marcus Arroyo. You'll pick up. You got me telemarketers. I will answer that. All right. First Golden Knights topic to grade is a boo button. Now I will explain this one here. There's a story by Michael Russo in the athletic that after the referees went to replay after the Golden Knights challenge and took away the goal um, in game four, apparently the referees called up to the press box to complain that whoever was running the sound was pressing the boo button because they were booing after that call. There is no boo button at XL energy arena. So referees were getting booed by the crowd and just thought that somebody was piping in booze. This is an a plus because a plus,
3: because this is the greatest example Of how incredibly warm and pleasant and nice the people of Minnesota are because referees couldn't even imagine that one person in that place, never mind 4,000 of be because they're the nicest people in the world. (laughs) You go to that state and it's like the the, uh, shuttle driver that took me from the airport the one mile to the car was easily the nicest person I've ever met in my life. (laughs) <laughs> he never stopped talking, and it was always like, what can we do for you here? What can we do? I mean, it was just insane. So to fact, if I'm a referee, and I think Wes McCauley was – no, he was game three. I don't know if he's game four. But I'm listening to Boone. I'm like, that has to be a boo button because there's no way these people boo They're the greatest people on earth. So you thought just
2: like the referees, why are no, these people no I, No,
3: I – well, I actually said to Ben, who was born a raised, I'm like, boy – We now know the one person who can make you people angry. It's this ref guy down here because I've never seen these. I've never seen you people anything but, like, the nicest cricketers. It's like you walk through the concourse. They all want to hug you. If it wasn't for COVID, I'd be hugging 10 people for no reason. So when they were booing, I'm like, man, you got to
2: be a ref to make these guys pissed off. I am giving an F. (laughs) To which part of it, though? To the XL Energy Center for not having a boo button. According to the story, there is no boo button. Why don't they have a boo button? They well, because, should have piped in booze. I guess because they really boo people. Yeah. Well, I don't care. Just have a boo button. Why wouldn't you? How you many have people boo buttons? Noise. Well, and the other part of this is the idea of it being a button. Like there's just a button you mash oh, instead no. of it being like sound. You actually mix in and out. It's just a big button. It's
0: no in Minnesota. It's behind a piece of glass next to a you hammer. Have to break
2: it. <laughs> and they're just like it's covered in dust and cobwebs. In case the refs are the reason we're eliminated from the playoffs, break this yes. and boo. All right, next topic. Well, we got to do a little bit, but Max Pacioretty.
3: A plus plus pass. A plus plus pass. Only in movies will you find someone who can be in two places at once. (laughs) I mean, this guy, I knew this guy was talented. But if you're telling me he can exist in two states at one time, He's like the greatest hockey player who ever lived. He's better than Gretzky, <laughs> right? I mean, this he might be the greatest person who ever lived. If you can be, who can be, uh, it's like time travel. This kid's like back to the future. He's Michael J. Fox. How can he be two places at once? And yet, if you listen to those Zooms, they gave the insinuation that he might
2: be two places at once. So I got to give him an A. Are we uh, wasting his talents on being a hockey player uh, when he can be in two This guy could change the world if he's right. in two places at once. Why would you want to play hockey? Uh, do you think he's going to play the I don't series, think he's
3: playing tonight. Like, would you play him? A, look, would you play him a three-one if you know you're playing the Avalanche next? Or Would you get him more rest for whatever he has? Why would you play him tonight? Unless it's one of those things where like someone said on the plane. You say, well, would you play him to get him a game? Like to, to get him, you know,
2: going again because you know if he plays tonight, he's been skating. Yeah, is he healthy? Like, is he healthy? Like that's I, that's my no. I don't know. Okay, here's here's the weird part about Max Pacioretty's entry. How often do we hear in hockey? That like end of season ends and guys have surgery because they broke some bone, but they just played through it through the playoffs, right? It happens all the time. Hell, it happened this morning with Alex Ovechkin. He's not going to some international tournament because he's he's he was injured. Like all the time, team season gets ended in the playoffs, and we hear you know three guys had to have surgery. Yeah, they had surgery the next week. They were playing through some broken bone, right? Because that's that's the norm in hockey is that you play through it. You're a tough guy, right? How can Max Pacioretty be both the tough hockey guy player but not playing through a day-to-day injury? Like, we don't know what the injury is, but what is it that could be day-to-day? Because I feel like... It'd have to
3: be... Well, I think... I Look, here we go again. This is probably not the right thing to do. Let's jump through the hoop. I don't know what he has, but what you're saying and what some key words have been thrown out by DeBoer throughout this, I'll just say I wouldn't pass out if it was a concussion. That's what because happened with Robin Leonard happened with flurry last year also. Yeah. And how long do they miss? And and that's all different times of how long you miss. Cause you don't know the grade of it. You don't know who the person is. Everyone recovers from those in different times. Whereas if yes, if he has a broken bone somewhere, you kind of usually, unless it's like shattered or whatever, you kind of
2: can shoot it up and there you go. You got to play because what we're sort of led to believe and what we see every year is day-to-day injuries. Don't exist in hockey in the playoffs. You're not day to day, you play. If you're if you're day to day, you play the game because you can gut through it or whatever. In the playoffs, yeah. So it's speculation. Yeah. But I think you're right. Well, that's,
3: that's what one, we saw that's one of the few things you could say right. it would be and be like, okay, now I can see this whole like you don't really know when those guys come back. Cause you have to pass all the protocols. You have to they have to, you know, that it takes a different level other than just looking at the x ray saying, Well, you know, it's a hairline fracture Bellinger, you're getting in and hit. <laughs> hey, he
2: had a home run to triple A. <laughs> Calm down over there. <laughs> when's he coming back by the way they play the Astros June tomorrow 15th. I hope it's not He'll tomorrow. probably come back tomorrow and go three for three and you'll be <laughs> pissed off it will be I'll hate Tony Bellinger <laughs> all right next topic to grade let's go to this one the odds for a Vegas Colorado series according to the Superbook even though the Avalanche or excuse me the Golden Knights haven't won their series Avalanche would be minus 160 the Golden Knights would be plus 140
3: oh, I'm gonna say a I think it's hey. not – look, 160 is not an overwhelming favorite, but it's definitely, like, these guys are the favorite. Like, there's no middle ground here. They're not saying the Golden Knights would be favorite in the series. I think it's a good price. I think they'd get action on both sides there. I definitely think that people, after watching Collar, be like, oh, wow, but you get Golden Knights fans who, like, you know – wouldn't think they'd lose to anybody, so they'll get action. I think it's a good price. If it was like if it was two dollars, you'd be like, "Whoa, that's way, that's a huge favorite." But it's it's a solid enough favorite to where I think that's a pretty
2: good number. Are they not going to get slammed by Golden Knights fans who see it as? Hey, well, that could happen because it's the plus, Golden Knights. They're plus money in a yeah. playoff series. Of course, we're betting on them. Like, well, maybe know. that's also why they didn't go to two dollars <laughs> because then they're really then
3: they're really they have you know they're out there on on the ledge there. So I think it's a good price. You know, I'll tell you what. You know who the favorite is. I mean, you know, there's not
2: any question who the favorite is, and they should be. Yeah, just a little yeah. surprising after year one. So I'll give it a, I'll give it an A as well. A. All right. Uh, last one, non-Golden Knights related, the Edmonton Oilers.
3: F-minus fail, fail. F-minus fail. I just failure. Uh, <laughs> I. Uh, this is those situations where, and I, there's never a time when anyone should feel sorry for pro athletes for all that they have and everything but I'd rather see Connor McDavid on a team that could win and go the pl- deep in the playoffs. Like yeah. th- Watching him, how incredible he is, to be on these teams and either not to make it or to make it and do this, then it sucks. So I don't like it because I'd love for the guy to like be in a Stanley Cup final.
0: I mean, at
2: least he made it, unlike Mike Trout. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. 100-point season <laughs> in a 56-game season, and they're down 3 nothing in the first round. Like you're not getting out of the first round of the playoffs. Is... It's brutal and it's like you, you look at Connor McDavid and Mike Trout's a good example like you want to see them. You there's there's almost no doubt McDavid's the best player in the NHL. Yeah. Trout's, Trout's the best, the best player, player in baseball, in, yeah. in baseball. and yeah. what do they what have they done? What has McDavid won one playoff series in his in his career? Like it's I think one series. Yeah, one series. Yeah. They got to the second round. A lot round of times one he hasn't time. even got. <gasps> right. And the Angels have no chance. Right. They like, have no chance because of pitching. It's brutal. It's absolutely brutal that, like, you're talking about guys that would be, like, superstars in the sport if they could actually have any post, like, not even win the thing, just some postseason success, and and they can't get there.
3: I do have this for you, Uh buddy of mine uh, um, that we both know said last night because he was calling around on the odds we just talked about. He did say that the books, the someone I think it was the Westgate, somewhere, somewhere in one of the books said, you will not believe next year what we believe will be the greatest huge uh, odds to win a division on how favored oh, the golden Knights this guy said we're talking about it now and how much do we really want to put ourselves out there because that division is gonna be horrible after the Golden Knights it is they they're thinking of numbers now they threw out a few numbers I'm like wow I mean it is like the biggest favorite of all time they said by far it okay I was thinking like is it the inverse of the Leicester City thing where they're like they were oh they're gonna have to they're yeah. gonna have some they're gonna have some uh they're going to be out there if, if 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 it doesn't go their way because
0: you're going to win one penny every, for every dollar. Everyone
2: else in the division is going to be Leicester City. Yes, like everyone else in the division yeah. is going to yeah. be plus oh, five thousand yeah. to win the division. So then we
0: should put some money on that.
2: You should, but you're not going to win it. But because just pick the as, right team. But as soon as the season yeah. starts, the Golden Knights. No, are...
0: you just you make one one unit one dollar on each of the other ones.
3: No Colorado, no Minnesota, no St Louis, but they're bringing back Edmonton, Vancouver, and
2: Hello Kraken. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. It's that, not. They will be, be
3: such an overwhelming favorite. To it's win not going to be close. Yeah. Like oh. the
2: Golden Knights should hang a banner right for now. next season's right Pacific Division champs on Game One. That would be cool because you could do two
3: banners: half Knights, half Silver Knights, because they're both yes. going to be Pacific Division champions. And uh, as the as the Silver Knights go on with that tournament, nobody understands why it's <laughs> happening. And they could like do one of those Steve Sisolak hats where you split it in half: one's gold, one's silver for the Pacific Division champions. Hey.
0: The Silver Knights are doing really well in that tournament that no one, <laughs> one quite that, understands. That, 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 that that no one quite doing. understands why it's existing.
2: <laughs> All right. Coming up next in Bishop's Priest, we'll take a look at which lines have been the best and surprisingly the worst in this series.
1: Do you want to schedule a parent-teacher conference after hearing Granny's grades? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678 and let us know who deserves a higher grade. Bischoff's Briefs.
2: Throwing out random numbers authoritatively is the best way to pass as a baseball expert. Bischoff's
3: Briefs. By the way, it's commendable how many baseball players care so
2: deeply about the
1: Equal Rights Amendment. Bischoff's Briefs. Somebody get me some antibiotics because that ball is gyno-real. Bischoff's Briefs.
2: So here's a fun fact for you. The line of Alex Tuck, Chandler Stevenson, and Mark Stone has been the Golden Knights' worst line in the series. Their expected goals rate is 39%, but they've actually outscored the Wild 2-1 when those three are on the ice together. Plus, the defensive pairing of Alex Petrangelo and Alec Martinez, also bad. Their expected goals is 40% when they've been on the ice. It's 2-2 at 5-on-5. So, what you have in this series is the Golden Knights' best players are not exactly dominating at 5-on-5. Five five. In fact, they're getting beat most of the time, but the Golden Knights aren't actually losing when it comes to goals when they're on the ice. What is interesting is that the Golden Knights' best line by expected goals is Will Carrier, Patrick Brown, and Ryan Reeves. Their expected goals is, point, or excuse me, is 75% so far in this series. So overall, Golden Knights' Corsi in this series is 49%, and their expected goals is 48%. At 5-on-5. This has been a series the Golden Knights haven't truly dominated at 5-on-5, but they're still sitting with a 3-1 lead in the series. Now, there's a couple of reasons why. Number one, if you compare shooting percentage at 5-on-5, the Golden Knights are shooting 8%. The Minnesota Wild, they're shooting 4%. 4% of their shots on goal have gone in against Marc-Andre Fleury at 5-on-5. So Fleury has been one of the biggest factors that combined with some To be fair, some poor shooting from Minnesota. Like, they've put some into the chest of Flurry when they could have done a lot better. But Flurry plus some poor shooting, that's been the biggest reason. But also, the Golden Knights' penalty kill so far in this series. They have killed off 16 minutes shorthanded and have yet to allow a goal. In fact, they scored a goal shorthanded. So, penalty kill in this series has actually been a good thing for the Golden Knights. They've done more to help themselves win than actually lose. If you go back to the regular season, the golden Knights penalty kill was awesome. In the regular season, they allowed the fewest goals per minute uh, and they didn't allow very many shots as well, but they've been even better in the playoffs. Obviously they haven't allowed a goal, but they in the regular season, the golden Knights allowed 3.5 shots per two minutes. So basically a normal penalty kill, the golden Knights allowed three and a half shots. In this series, they're only averaging two and a half, or allowing two and a half shots per two minutes. So they have cut down on the shots they have allowed. So the Golden Knights might end up winning this game, the series in five. They might end up winning tonight, closing it out. It's not really because they've been overly dominant against the wild. It's been because a, the goaltending has been excellent. And two, the power or the penalty kill has been even better than it was in the regular season And when you're the Minnesota Wild and you can't score, whether it's 5-on-5 or even on the penalty kill, you don't really have any chance of winning. He
3: likes to do this, and he did this in the bubble as well. Um, And obviously, it's a risk when you do this. And he couldn't, you know, you can't control matchups on the road. I get that. But do you think, how much mentally has it helped them that they started the fourth line against Kaprizov? Kaprizov hasn't done anything.
2: Well, they took a penalty to start game four.
3: Okay. I just when they've done that each night, I'm like, that's interesting. And you can't control it on the road, but it was one of those things where it's like, but he has he's done that a lot though. The fourth line, he did he, it last he, year. He did yeah. he did it last year with the bubble, so maybe it's not as new. But a couple guys in the press box, like every time it happens, like oh,
2: he's doing that again against the shelf line. It doesn't make any sense. Like to be honest, it, it, it makes that's my point. I don't know no what sense. I don't know what the advantage is. Um, and they've been fortunate. That the fourth line has not gotten like pinned in for like a forty-five second shift where the wild get four shots on goal to open right. the game because that's probably what should happen if Kaprizov is starting against Ryan Reeves in any game because that the, the problem with starting the game with the fourth line is that the rest of the game after that first shift the rest of the game the Golden Knights are desperate to avoid mm-hmm. Ryan Reeves. Patrick against, Brown and Will Carrier them. on the ice against yeah, Kaprizov or yeah. the Eric Sinek yeah. line. They're desperate to avoid that. But for some reason, Pete DeBoer decides, well, we're going to start the game that way. Now, again, it hasn't hurt them yet. no, But it's still not smart. And I don't know what. It's just what, bizarre. Yeah. Just, and I don't know what. I mean, I doubt there's any sort of mental advantage to, hey, we're going to start Ryan Reeves and Patrick Brown and Will Carrier first. because, And if Kaprizov doesn't do anything, that line doesn't do anything. Yeah, I, I doubt that actually matters because if Kaprizov then turned around and scored Golden. later, then yeah. you would be like, oh, that didn't work out very right. well for us. But it's it's strange and it's a little more interesting they haven't actually gotten burned by it because it's it's a clear disadvantage. It's no Absolutely. doubt about it a clear disadvantage. Yeah. Like That is Minnesota wants that and the Golden sure. Knights want to avoid that. Sure. But for some reason, that's they start how people that starts that way. And yeah, it's it's strange. It's very strange. He did it last year. He's doing it again this. year. I remember year. him doing it last year. Yeah, and last year they actually did pay for it a couple of times, where they either gave up a goal or gave up like just a lot of good chances early on. It was like, oh, the goalie's got to do something in the first two minutes of the game. Right. But uh, yeah, it's it's strange to me. It's strange that they do that. And it, like, it, listen, it wouldn't be surprising if Minnesota scores on the first shift tonight because yeah, you got you got an advantage. What'll be interesting is will he do that against Colorado?
3: Oh I I don't I mean I was either at or watched the eight games. I'm trying to remember if he did that. I don't know. I, don't I think he did. I he can't didn't? remember off
2: the top of my head. Yeah, I, I would have thought he did.
3: I just see he seems to do it all these times.
2: He didn't do He didn't do it all the time in the regular season. Against Colorado. Uh, against okay. everybody. I can't remember the Colorado game. I'd have to go back and look to be 100% sure on that. But like I'm if, taking a chance there. Like game 1 in Colorado. The, the, the way this works, the away team has to pick their line mm-hmm. yeah. first, and then the home team gets to you pick get to who match starts up. the game. Presumably, Nathan McKinnon's going to be on the ice for the first shift. Nathan McKinnon might be on the ice for all the shifts, but right. presumably he'll be on the ice for the first shift. Is Pete DeBoer actually walking down there and submitting a starting lineup of Ryan Reese, I mean, Patrick Brown, and Will Carrier, knowing that Nathan McKinnon might know. be on the ice? Can we, I can, guess we I w- can
3: we hope? I mean, I guess he. W- I wouldn't be shocked. How about if they, I mean... <laughs> If they lose tonight and have to go try to win it in Minnesota and they do want that Sunday slot for the Avalanche, it'd be like, I, I don't know with McKinnon with a week off if you want to give them that fourth line to start against. Well, yeah. I mean, that would be like, they're, they're going to be fast enough like, as it is. You don't want those guys with a week off and you just coming off like a six-game series. No,
0: you you sit the fourth line out there and you
3: immediately start a massive punch <laughs> oh, yeah, out. That, that would be the, really the only— That eye, would make be, more sense. That would make more sense <laughs> yes. if you're
2: if you're taking a run at guys to like get <laughs> things going. If Ryan Reeves immediately threw his gloves down and, and was what, bringing his uh, fist yes. to McKinnon's <laughs> yeah. face— That would make, I'd be like, all right, that's a fair trade. Yep, you want that if you're the Golden Knights. Oh, no,
0: Ryan Reeves got suspended. But just
2: to try to play him straight up. Yeah, I don't know. Like Alex Petrangelo, the defenseman, Alex Petrangelo, that they got specifically for Nathan McKinnon types was the one that was like, oh, boy, when Nathan yeah, McKinnon exactly. was skipping full the out oh, Imagine Ryan Reeves out there like, oh, yeah, I'll stop him, guys. I got this handled. No you, problem wait, whatsoever. do you
0: think Ryan Reeves actually goes, oh, boy, or do you think he goes, I got this? That he'd say, he said, I, got, he, this I got this.
3: He's got this, and then he'd try to catch the guy. Yeah, and and he got no chance to catch him. He's like, I can't catch
2: that guy. And McKinnon's 20 feet ahead of him. He's like, oh, yikes. Flurry, you got this? Fleury, you're okay. All right, coming up next, Jamison Welch joins the show.
1: Are stats hogwash? Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. James
2: missing again at the foul line. A whistle. James goes down hard to the court. Caruso and Payne get into it. Montrez Harrell runs into campaign and coaches leave the bench
1: area. As things become a little bit contentious here, we're back to the press box morning show with Ed Greeny and Tyler Bischoff. Is it it down?
2: Joining us now is Jameson Welch. Jameson, how are you this morning? Hey, Jameson,
4: doing well, fellas. Thanks for having me as always. Sure. Definitely appreciate it.
2: Uh, all right. So, just in general, how much trouble do you think the Lakers are in after losing Game One?
4: Uh, Not that much trouble. Um, You know, there is it was typical Game One stuff. Um, it's not like they got blown out by 25. I mean, there are some interesting numbers. You know, getting beat on the boards is always uh, you know, recipe for a loss. You know, if you lose the boards, you're probably going to lose the playoff game. Just extra possessions that create. And, um, you know, Phoenix being the younger, healthier, and sharper team yesterday, it kind of showed. But there will be some adjustments made, and Lakers should be okay long-term in the series. They played a bad game and lost by nine points. You know, uh, LeBron didn't have his typical game. AD definitely did not have his typical game. He blamed himself for the loss, so they should be better next game.
3: Um, I want to ask you real quick on this because I asked Tyler this and I don't understand. But several times in the bubble and now after this game, Kawhi Leonard speaks about we need to be smarter defensively. What is their main issue?
4: Um, they have some issues with their personnel. I mean, if you're gonna have, okay, if you're gonna have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Making the kind of money they are making, they need to be the ones that's defending Luka Doncic. Um, if one guy is 230-plus pounds like Luka is, and you got two guys that are 6'8", 6'9", and similar size and some you know better athletic ability and known for being defensive, you know perimeter defensive guys, they need to take that challenge. Forget the trapping, forget switching. Have your best defenders guard that guy the whole game. When I saw Pat, Patrick Beverly on him to start the game, I was like, oh, this is not going to end well. And then they had him on <laughs> Zoobox on switches, let him in on the island by himself. We knew that wasn't going to end well. So, to be honest with you, um, if they whatever scheme they have, whatever plan they have, they may want to readjust it, but I think the best bet would let Kawhi Leonard take that challenge.
2: What, like what's the logic behind it not being Kawhi Leonard or at least Paul George? Because I feel like that that seems like the most obvious thing that anyone would do would just say, yeah, we're going to put one of our two awesome long defenders on Luka Doncic. like, what's the logic in not doing that for the first game?
4: Uh, you want to preserve the energy for Kawhi. He, his body is obviously different than it was a handful of years ago, so you don't want him chasing Luka through screens and Doing all that for forty minutes a night. However, this is the playoffs, and if one guy is, you know, getting the best of you, you got to do what you got to do. Um, you know, game one's always a fill-out thing. Is I don't never want to overreact, you know, to a game one, but got to make some changes. There's some things that need that need to take place for the coverage part of what they do. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I think we have a long series, another six, seven game series in that end as well. Uh, so we'll definitely see how it goes.
3: It was almost like uh, they shot so poorly from three, and that's what they do best. That you'd think, okay, that's just one game; they'll be fine. But of all the favorites that lost, I guess, and I, you know, what I'm even going to put the Lakers in there because I just, I just think they, in mean, most people's mind, they're the favorite. Who's in the most trouble?
4: Um, Utah better figure it out because Donovan Mitchell came. The count this morning thing. He was unhappy. They held him out last night. They're, Utah is not in a position where they can give away playoff games. They're not that good. Uh, they're the one seed out west, and Memphis basically played two game sevens in the last four days. And they came into Utah, and they won a big game last night. That cannot happen. Like, that, just There's no excuse for that. And Utah was up 14 early in the second quarter and could have really ran it up to 20-25 and got that game out of there. They didn't, and they let Memphis come back to win that game and get more confidence. Now you're probably going to have a Memphis team that's going to at least win one at home. Now you have a longer series than you should have. Um, Utah has struggles offensively. Uh, Jordan Clarkson cannot be your best perimeter guy on a playoff team if you're trying to advance. That's not the recipe to success. So we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see. But as of right now, I would say Utah has some has some concerns.
2: Who will be the bigger star when the playoffs are over, Trey Young or Devin Booker?
4: Um, Trey Young because he's, he's playing against the Knicks, and that series has a lot more attention on it right now because the Knicks haven't been in the playoffs in so long, and he's doing it in New York. And the um, thing about Trey Young is people, they know the name, but they don't know a whole lot about the Hawks, at least with Booker and the Suns. They've been really good throughout this whole season. Booker's been in multiple All-Star games. So it's a little bit different. Uh, Trey Young has been doubted a lot. Like that's the thing. No, a whole lot of doubt with Devin Booker. You know, people have doubted Trey Young for his size and the kind of game he plays. And Atlanta's not a big NBA market. But if he beats the Knicks in this situation, if he does it, if he has a couple more innings like he did last night. Then yeah, Trey Young will be that guy.
3: Are the Nets? Uh, is everything figured out now?
4: I mean, they're playing a team that has a handful of good players, so you won't know if the next stuff is figured out until the next round. This is not a good barometer. They will be, they may sweep the Celtics, uh, but they this will not be the test. The test will be the next round, and if they face the um, the Bucks, that'll be their test. But this, this is not a good test. They're, they're expected to get rid of the Celtics, especially without Jalen Brown.
2: Have you seen somebody called for a 10-second violation on a free throw like uh, Giannis was?
4: Man, it's been a while, but here's the thing. <laughs> it's the timing of it. You're going to mention that you're going to do that at that time of the game. Now, kudos to Miami's coaching staff to, to point that out there to the referee. And it's something that they have been paying attention to. But the call at that point, man, that's a very bold call. But it is in the rules. It's a, it's a valid call. And uh, it's, it, is a, it is what it is. But that's a very, 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 very tough call. But it's good. We don't need guys sitting up at the free line 15-20 seconds and then missing the free throw. I don't mind I don't mind the call at all. It was just that it was kind of surprising to see them make that call.
3: Uh, it's the playoffs, so not surprised that Dame lived 34-12, 13 assists. Uh, they kind of take the first one there. Not a lot of people talking about that one. Uh, is that is that something that could happen there?
4: It could because Denver is really shorthanded. Jokic is there. Michael Porter Jr. is there, but the guard, like going against Portland, you do need some guard play. Whether it's on offensive guys or defensive guys, you need you need some guard play. If you don't have guard play, you're going to be in a rough spot. And unfortunately, with Jamal Murray going down, uh, they're playing awesome. River's a lot of minutes. They're doing a lot of things to, you know, they're, they're doing a lot of stuff that's not really good for playing around this time of year. Unfortunately, Denver may have been one of the favorites of fully healthy. That's why we play the games. Unfortunately, they're not fully healthy. Portland could win this series, and if they win the next game, they'll probably be favored to just because of they're the healthier team right now, and they have a better situation right now than Denver. Denver's a good team, but they gotta have guards. They gotta have somebody that makes stuff happen off the bounce. They don't they don't have that right now. Uh,
2: the Nuggets coach Michael Malone corrected ESPN reporter Cassidy Hubbard for calling him Mike instead of Michael. During an interview, uh, did you know that Michael Malone refused to be called Mike?
4: It's weird because uh, Mike Malone, when he was the coach of the Kings, I remember him at a preseason game out here way back when. He was cool; like he was, you know, he was really cool, and I, we all referred to him as Mike. It wasn't a problem. So, I, it's kind of <laughs> odd that all of a sudden it's Michael. But hey, it is what it is; that's his name, and we'll stick to it. But it was mm-hmm. kind of odd that he made a big deal about that. But He's an interesting guy because I don't think he's a bad coach. I think he's actually a pretty good coach. But if Denver doesn't get to where they need to get to over the next couple of years, it'll be interesting to see how long he has. Now, I'm not saying fire him. I definitely don't think that. But we kind of know how this coaching thing works in the NBA. You have a certain amount of time, and if you don't get things done, you're usually removed from your duties. That's why Terry Stott in Portland, I think even if they win this first-round matchup, they may need to get to the conference finals again to keep his job because it's the same hamster wheel situation over and over again.
2: Uh, It's pretty obvious there's three teams in the East that could win the title. What's the number of teams in the West you think could actually win the NBA title this year?
4: The West seems like it's open. Like The West seems, um, man, that's a good question. I would say both L.A. teams, I would say Phoenix. And maybe a healthy Utah, maybe. So that's three really and a possible
2: right. fourteen. I mean, seven teams in total is more than I feel like we normally have going into the NBA yeah. playoffs. So
4: it is. That's what makes this year get so wild. Because normally it's like, all right, well, we know we're going to be in the championship game. You know, we'll 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 go from there. Now, no, this this playoffs going to be way different. There's going to be teams. There's going to be teams that don't make the conference finals that are going to be very disappointed in their season. Like somebody's gonna be going home early and be like, damn, like we under we underachieved this year. Things didn't work out. We gotta make some changes. Uh so it's gonna be very interesting, especially out east. Out east you got think about it, you got the Nets who went all in, you have the Bucks who have gone all in, then you have the Sixers who have pretty much gone all in. One of those teams is not making it to the conference finals, and it's probably I had to bet on probably gonna be the Bucs. So yeah, it's gonna be very fascinating to see how that goes.
2: Well, he is Jameson. Wells. Jameson. As always, we appreciate Thanks, it.
4: Thanks, Jameson. Not a problem, guys. Thanks for having me. It's a, it's
2: a fun NBA playoff.
3: Yeah, because you're right. It's usually, well, ever since wherever LeBron is, just pick the team. like, well, they're in the final, and then who are they going to play? <laughs> so now you have several teams that could
2: get to that final. Yeah, it's it should be fun. Like, Because even like he mentions, I, I would agree. I think the Nets are better than the Bucks. but we've talked about yeah. it. We had those two matchups early in the regular season. Granted, James Harden didn't play, but... The Nets do not have an answer to guard Giannis, right? They don't. Like we talk about the the Clippers and the Mavericks, the Clippers conceivably have an answer to guard Luca, right? You're not going to shut him down, but they have an answer yes. to guard Luca. They just didn't use it for some That's reason. Very bizarre. But I, what is the Nets' answer to Giannis? So even though I think the Nets are probably better, and the Nets I think probably have the best chance to win the title out of the East. That's a that's a massive matchup problem that they don't have a genuine answer to say hey throw him on Giannis and and we'll figure it out from there.
3: Ty Lue after the game we got to get some things figured defensively. Said <laughs> maybe you guard your best defender against the other best team's player. Why don't you do that? That was that was like his quote. We got, we'll be fine. We got, it was it was actually we'll be fine. We have to clean things up defensively. <laughs> you
2: think? <Yeah. laughs> You yeah, have one of the best defenders <laughs> in the world. He
3: was guarding somebody else. And you got Pat Beverly at like 6'2", guarding, the be- guarding one of the better players. Peace.
2: All right, so the Mavericks are a one-man show with Luca. We're going to use our fourth gonna best defender. We're going to use Pat Beverly on
3: him. <laughs> We're going to
2: give up a whole foot <laughs> in size. <laughs> this is going to go well for us. All right, coming up next, apparently Julio Jones asked to be traded out of Atlanta.
5: Okay, it's Mike. Your uh, point is well taken. This line is should be generally used for complaints. I'm not going to do that all the time, but if you want to complain, I'll issue one. When you are in late May and all the way till early July, do not talk about football unless it has a specific bearing on the Raiders. I get so tired of flipping the sports channels throughout the radio dial and its football stories at a time when we don't care about Football. I know you're gonna say that's what drives the engine. People like to talk about football twelve months a year. Come on, guys. We have the Golden Knights playing in the postseason. We have golf tournaments that are of greater importance. You could give that any kind of credence that you care to. We have baseball heating up, basketball heating up, and yet I hear people talking football in general in late May, and into, probably into June, I don't know yet, but I'm sure they will. That's a complaint. Let football have an offseason. Thank you.
1: We're back to the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff,
2: live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios. And uh, now we would begin breaking down the L.A. Chargers depth charts. I stopped listening after
3: you are correct. <laughs> I think those were his first three words. I'm like, okay, I don't need to listen now.
2: That Thanks was, for the call. That was Mike on our voicemail line, seven oh two seven two zero four six seven eight. You can call and uh complain about anything like that. I appreciate it. Although Mike made the only point that needs to be made. Football drives the engine. Like is as much as as great as it is that Phil Mickelson won, more people care about the Julio Jones trade rumor today. It oh, just, absolutely! Him is. being on
3: live and on there right. not knowing yeah. it, and saying "to hell with yes. Dallas"
2: and "I'm out of here in Atlanta." Yes, more people care about like that. we're like, they do. Mike is they do. right. The Golden Knights are in the playoffs, and yeah. we're going to talk plenty of Golden we Knights. Talk a, we talk
3: Golden Knights. I'm in a yeah. Golden Knights. I'm in a. Uh, we did
2: four tell, Golden Knights. Yeah. segments. I'm going to
3: tell Mike that you know we that, that we want Mike on every day. But the Golden Knights are well covered here.
2: Yeah, and we'll do we'll do NBA stuff too. Yeah. But it's the the NFL we a whole is, guest is about is the NBA is what drives the engine. Um, to be fair, Mike complained uh, over the weekend. That was not about today's show specifically, but uh, the NFL is still going to get talked about. Give them time months a year. Mikey, the phone lines are open, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the no, no. The phone lines are never open. The voicemail is <laughs> open, <laughs> but um, Ian Rappaport tweeted clarity on the situation between the Falcons and Julio Jones. The all pro requested a trade from the organization a few months ago. Sources say and the team then agreed to listen to offers. That's how it began and why it continues. Now, if you've missed it, Julio Jones was on Undisputed. He just uh, didn't know it. He did not know it. <laughs> but uh, Shannon Sharp just literally called him on his cell phone, pulled his cell phone out on TV to call Julio Jones. Julio Who answered. Who appeared to be driving. Yes. It, it did sound like. And yes. there was even a pause where Julio sounded like he needed to, like, put his Bluetooth in. Yes. So he yes. could go hands-free. But Julio appeared to be driving, and Julio Jones, uh, when asked about Atlanta, said, I'm out of there. Mm -hmm. So Julio Jones might not have known he was on TV, but he did say that on TV today. And now Ian Rapport reporting that Julio Jones requested a trade from Atlanta, and that's why the Falcons have been looking to trade him. Do we need Shannon Sharp to call Aaron Rodgers live on the (laughs) air? Yes, yes. There's no way Aaron Rodgers answers that. Like no. I told you, I've got less than ten people I'm picking up if they call. Uh Aaron Rodgers has got to be like three well, people or right? your family. Aaron yeah. Rodgers is really,
3: really <laughs> bright. Is he smart enough that if they had him on a call and Caliendo played Gruden that he would have thought it's Gruden? Ooh. Is Caliendo that good? I mean, I don't I understand, tell, huh? right? What? I think
2: you can tell, right?
3: I don't know. I'm, I'm, would Aaron Rodgers over a cell phone and yeah. he's somewhere wherever Aaron Rodgers spends his offseason? He, he's not, by the way, he's not spending it at OTAs because he failed <laughs> to show up. It cost him a half a million, a half a million dollars. But no, I, I'd love to know if Caliendo won if he'd even answer the call, like we said. But he might answer it because how many freaking people have Aaron Rodgers' phone number? Right. I mean, he might think, yeah, I better answer. Like six people have my number. Oh, none of which are family.
2: Aaron Rodgers has to be the guy that is. It's only through his agent, right? Oh yeah. So like, who would like, have that guy's number? Like Gruden wouldn't even wouldn't even be able to call Aaron Rodgers. It would be straight through the agent. But what if Caliendo said he knew the agent's name? Hey, Jim gave me the number. That'd be good. <laughs> if, if Caliendo yes! called agents, that would be, man. Imagine what? if Frank Caliendo was like faking voices of coaches and GMs and calling oh, agents. I want the call we need of it. Caliendo to Carr's agent.
3: I've got some bad news.
0: <laughs> we need we need Caliendo like to get a show on the strip <laughs> so that way we can have him just crank call people yes. on the air. Oh
3: it's John, I've got some bad news. To Derek's agent. Oh! Need it! No, no, don't even call his agent. Call David Carr. Oh, and or Derek. Yeah, Carr.
0: David, David! <laughs>